We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The signers of the Declaration of Independence mutually pledged to themselves to sacrifice their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor for the cause of independence. This pledge shows that these men took seriously their duties to the people of the new nation. These 56 men were wealthy and well-educated. 24 were lawyers and jurists. 11 were merchants and nine were farmers and large plantation owners. They all, however, signed the Declaration of Independence fully aware what the penalty would be if they were captured by the British. The names of the signers of the Declaration of Independence are well known, but how much do we know about the rest of their lives? For some of these men, we know quite a bit, but for others, they are just names on an historic document. Thomas Jefferson drafted the law for religious freedom as a Virginia legislator and served as the second governor of Virginia from 1779 to 1781. Jefferson was the nation's first secretary of state under President George Washington from 1790 to 1793. And he served as vice president under John Adams after the Library of Congress was burned by the British in the War of 1812, Jefferson took it upon himself and restocked the library with more than 6,000 books from his own collection. However, he is probably most famous as the third president of the United States. Samuel Chase represented Maryland at the Continental Congress. He was reelected to that post in 1775 and served there for three years. In 1786, he moved to Baltimore, where two years later he was appointed Chief Justice of the Criminal Court of that district. He was later appointed Chief Justice of the state. In 1796, he was appointed a Judge of the Supreme Court of the United States, an office that he occupied until his death. Unfortunately, not many signers could claim these kinds of accomplishments, and several of them sacrificed a great deal. After Francis Lewis of New York signed the Declaration, the British arrested Lewis's wife and put her in prison where she was tortured on a regular basis. Richard Stockton of New Jersey was taken from his bed in the middle of the night and beaten by British soldiers, followed by jail, torture, and starvation. His home and all of his possessions were destroyed. No signer was killed outright by the British, and only Richard Stockton is said to have been imprisoned solely for signing the Declaration of Independence. Stockton disclaimed his signature on the Declaration of Independence and swore his allegiance to King George III before the British would finally let him go. He took a new oath of loyalty to the state of New Jersey after he regained his freedom. Of the 56 men who signed the Declaration, 12 fought in battles as members of state militias. Five were captured and imprisoned by the British as traitors. 17 lost their property as a result of British raids, and five lost their fortunes by helping fund the Continental Army and state militias. Two signers 
lost sons while serving in the military. Another signer had two sons who were captured. And nine signers of the Declaration of Independence lost their lives during the Revolution. They all had wealth and a comfortable life, but they valued America's liberty more. The sacrifice that was made by these 56 men and countless others to both establish and maintain our liberty has given us the privilege of living in freedom since the signing of the Declaration of Independence. The names of the generals and the politicians are often the only ones remembered from the Revolutionary War period, as most people forget about the common enlisted American soldier. However, these are the patriots who most likely made the single greatest sacrifice of the war. Samuel Bailey Jr. was born the 14th of November, 1728, in Bradford, Massachusetts, as the son of Samuel and Mary Bailey. He married a young woman named Hannah Kidridge on the 22nd of January, 1753, in Andover, Massachusetts, and they had at least five children together. On the 19th of April, 1775, Samuel Jr. was a private in Captain Joshua Holt's company, which was part of the Lexington Alarm, and this company marched from Andover to Cambridge. However, Samuel Jr. served under Captain Holt for only one and a half days. Samuel Jr. then became a private in Captain Charles Furbush's company, a part of Colonel Ebenezer Bridges' regiment when he enlisted the 27th of May, 1775. A very definite family tradition not known or supported by documentary evidence is given in Bailey's history of Andover. There the story goes that he acted as a lieutenant at the Battle of Bunker Hill and when Captain Furbush became disabled, Samuel led the company with bravery until he himself was killed. Samuel Bailey Jr.'s service and death were attested by Captain Furbush. However, Samuel was still listed as a private on the Massachusetts Revolutionary Muster Rolls that were turned in 1st of August 1775, which was after his death. His name also appeared among the list of killed on a bronze plaque at Bunker Hill. Samuel's son, who was 16 at the time, was on that very battlefield the day his father was killed, and he brought his father's watch home to Andover. It is not known how or where the outbreak began, but by 1775, smallpox was raging through British-occupied Boston. Smallpox is an infectious disease that causes fever, a rash, and often death. During Washington's siege of the city, the disease broke out among both Continental and British camps. William Warrantonby was from New Brunswick Township, Middlesex County, New Jersey, when he enlisted as a private in Captain James Morgan's company of the 2nd Regiment of the Middlesex County Militia, New Jersey, in 1777. During his service, William got a leave of absence and was able to go home to see his parents. When he got there, he found them both dead from smallpox and so decomposed that they could not be touched with hands. Consequently, he rolled them up in sheets, hauled them out, and dug a hole, burying them both in one grave. William did not stay in the military for long, 
but he was paid nine pounds and three shillings for his service. He ended up marrying a girl by the name of Catherine White. Between 1778 and 1780, William Warrentonby paid rateable tax in South Ward, New Jersey. Rateable tax was an amount determined by applying a percentage calculation on an asset and was a form of tax income for the newly established state of New Jersey. In 1785, William moved his family to Ohio County, Virginia, which today would be considered Brook County, West Virginia, after he purchased 110 acres on Buffalo Creek. William became a grist and sawmill owner, and he and his wife, Catherine, lived the remainder of their days there. It isn't very common to take time to pay respects to the thousands who went to battle to see America turn from a group of colonies into one nation. Patriots like Samuel Bailey Jr., Samuel Chase, Francis Lewis, Richard Stockton, and William Warrentonby sacrificed so much for the freedom we as Americans enjoy today. The least we can do is honor all of our little known patriots whenever we have the opportunity. Remember, freedom is never free. Thank you for joining the Smith Bryan Chapter DAR today and taking a brief look at what people would consider an unknown patriot of the American Revolution.